0: TheYeshiva.net You're asking, where would he find wood in the desert? They had to bring yeah. wood from the from Mitzrayim to build the Mishka. So how did this person find wood in the desert? Or trees in the desert? I don't know, I never thought of that. Maybe it was from the surplus of wood that they had. I mean, you're saying in the Midbar... In other words, we call it, what what Rabbi Litzman is suggesting, we call it desert. That's That's the name, you know, 40 years in the desert. But I don't know if all the regions that they were in could be classified as desert. It was called the Midbar because basically they were wandering in the wilderness, right? And a lot of the places were desolate. And a lot of the places, as it says in Chumash, were places of snakes and scorpions and no rain and no water. And, and drought, etc. But the Gemara says, for example, that they uh they uh had Tagari umus'ila meaning they were close to civilized regions often. Like we see later they passed Edim and they passed Mayev and they passed Aman and Sikhir and Aik. So it could be, I'm just thinking practically, there were different regions right that were not uh find Mammush desert. Where there's no trees and no, uh, no produce and no vegetation. And he says with so many animals, you'll set to feed them, to pasture. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting order. It's an interesting order. I have to look into it. Maybe some of Farsham talk about it too. Okay. So we have quite a few things going on here in this Maimer of the Balatanya. We have what's called the, Eitz and Eitz HaDas, the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge, and there's a man on Shabbos comparing the trees, that's what the Zohar says. We have the literal interpretation of Makosha Hashetzim, which is extremely very different, that he violated Shabbos physically through doing something with trees or with wood or with lumber or with logs or with branches that was forbidden on Shabbos. The way the Balatanya puts it here, that he was (coughs) oikr davar migiduloi. He uprooted something from its natural growth. And (coughs) we have to understand what the connection between this Zoharic interpretation of comparing trees spiritually, to the literal interpretation of violating Shabbos with trees. Desire seems like extreme, very abstract, <laughs> very metaphoric. Why, why would they give this interpretation? And what's the connection to the literal story? He's comparing trees and that's why he, he gets killed. It's a violation of Shabbos. It's a problem on Shabbos. When you look at this story you have the story the way it's described in the Zohar in Parsha Shlach, that he describes in the Smaima he was comparing the Eitz HaChayim and the Eitz wanting to know which is greater that's in Zohar that's in Kabbalah if you'll open up a Masech Shabbos, Masech Shabbos tzaddik Vov, page 96 Vov government base, you have the same story the Gemara Osa asks what did the guy do? What did the man do? I think it's in Perik Hazorik. What did the man do? How did he violate Shabbos? And the Gemara, interestingly, brings three interpretations. The first interpretation is Rabbi Hud in the name of Shmuel. Rabbi says in the name of Shmuel, what did he do? He basically took wood and he carried it. He carried it four amas, four cubits, six or eight feet in a public domain. And with that, he violated Shabbos. He made a hakiri, he made anach, he lifted it up, he put it down, and he walked a certain amount of space in a public domain where you're not allowed to carry, not only rabbinically, but biblically. It wasn't a private domain or a semi-private domain, what we call a carmelis. But it was a real, an authentic public domain where you're not allowed to carry four cubits, that was the issue. So, Makashish is, he walked with it. He carried it. That's shmu. Then the Gemara says that there's a braisa. The braisa says, he uprooted the branches. He harvested. He cut the branches. That's the, that's the opinion the Balatanya brings here. He uprooted it, harvesting, cutting trees or fruits or vegetables. Or plants, or shrubs, or bushes on Shabbos is a biblical prohibition. We call it kaitzer, right? Cutting, harvesting, and that's what he did. Toilish, he uprooted the trees or the branches from their source, from their roots. That's a biblical violation. And then the Gemara brings a third opinion. Reb Acha, Acha, but Reb Acha, the son of Yaakov, who sa- he says the problem was ma'amir. He made piles. He gathered them together. He made piles. In Shabbos, we have another malachah called ma'amir. Ma'amir literally means when you take stalks of wheat and you make bundles, you make sheaves. Like it says by Yosef's dream, we were taking, we were taking stalks of grain and making sheaves, bundles out of it, gathering them together. That's what he was doing. Ma'amir, he was making piles. I looked up, I saw the targum, I wanted to see the targum, the targum unkulus writes, makashish. Megavev Oyin, which is gathering, O-O-O uh, 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 in Aramaic is wood, Oyin uh, is woods, uh, branches, uh, lumber, logs. Megavev is gather. That's what the Targum says. That's like Rebbe But then I saw Targum Yoinus Ben-Uziel, which is an earlier Targum, yeah? He says, Toilish. <laughs> he, uh, he was uprooting. So it's three different opinions in Gemara. Walking four cubits in Rosh and carrying wood uprooting the wood, or gathering ma'amir, three different... And the Gemara itself says, The Gemara itself says, It goes into all discussion, If Yechayi of hat, one chatos on all the malachas, or every malachas, or different chatos, why each one had a different opinion. The Gemara itself asks, So that's the way it's in Pshat, what we call a nigla, the revealed story, the way to understand the story concretely. It was a violation of Shabbos, one of the Melanchas, connected to Eitzim. Obviously, he wasn't cooking, or baking, or sewing, or building, or demolishing, because it's with Eitzim. Something happened with Eitzim. In Parsha Shmois, we have a similar expression. This is in Shlach. In Parshish Shmois, we have an expression with the straw. Uh, one is for you, one is for me. Okay, just in case I don't find it in the first, we'll find it in the second. <laughs> it seems like the Nigli is, is, is saying is already nister, so it's a, it's a fascinating expression because Pyra gets upset at the Jews and he says we're not giving them straw anymore. The Egyptians used to give the Jews straw, and then they used the straw to make bricks because bricks you make from mud with a little straw and then you bake it. So we're not giving them the straw. So now the Jews. Have to go and gather the tevanoza, right? And they complain that they can barely keep up with the burden of work now. So the expression is, "Don't give them straw anymore." Hey mielchu, the koshishu la They're going to go to be koshish Teven. What does this mean? Rashi says v'loktu. What does the mean? Koshishu means they're going to gather, gather tevun. Yeah. The Targum says v'gabavun lohin This is in in Exodus. Chapter 5, verse 7, Shmois Pere posek Zion. That's where the first time I think we have this concept of a Koisheshu. And then it says the nation spread out around Egypt, Posakid Base, Kash lateven In fact, the word kosheshu is associated with the word Kash, which is straw. But it says, Lekoishesh, Kash lateven They went, again, Rashi would say, they went to gather. Lesaifasifa. They had to gather it. Rashi says, Kash is called anything that is spread out, and you have to gather it together. is called kash. That's why it's called kash, because it's spread out, and you gather it together like straw. It's all over the place, and you got to bring it together. So mekoshish etzim would mean, yeah, he's gathering together. He's making piles of wood, of logs, of lumber, of branches, whatever he was collecting there exactly. Whether it was to, to build a bonfire, or to build a home, or to build a hut, or whatever it, whatever the purpose was. Or just to do it. But we can also understand the opinion that it means to uproot. Because, huh? What? To To gather, sometimes you have to uproot. I mean, it depends where the straw is, right? But sometimes you have to first uproot it from the earth, from the ground, and then you can gather it together. So that's another interpretation. As I said, the uncle says, Mekoshosh is he gathered. Yonatan Benazil says, it's, uh, it's uprooting, toilish. And the Gemara brings both opinions, and then the Gemara brings a third opinion completely. He wasn't gathering, and he wasn't uprooting, he was carrying, which is also part of it. Because if you want to make piles, you gotta bring it from one place to another place, and you often have to walk, Dalai Ramos. So it's all in the same, uh, you know, uh, area. What to say, all three oh, he did all three, you say? Okay. Was darf man machen von einer drei uh-huh. Yeah, what? Rashi says in both places, V'loktu, yeah, in the kash. Yeah. Maybe he was so entrenched in slavery of Egypt, he was so used to gathering straw that he just had to do it. Very good about yeah, Yom khus. Etzchus. Yom Alam And Rashi says, even in Parshish Lach, that it was their second Shabbos in the desert. In other words, it was immediately this, they got one Shabbos, and already the second Shabbos was violated. Now, so how do we understand all of this? So yesterday Sheer, the Balatanya said Bekitzer the Nekuda, it's a Friday night, Shabbos day, Shabbos afternoon, Ayin Yesh Aikedover Aliyus Oylamos. And really, what we're discovering here is the Pnimius, the, the deeper dimension of this whole story which allows all the opinions to converge. It allows us to see, it allows us to be our own Mekoshoshes in the middle of the week and bring it all together. The Zohar and the Gemara and the Targum Yonison and Targum Unkelos and the three opinions in the Gemara. (coughs) The key word that he uses here about Shabbos is the issue was Shabbos. And he says Friday night is associated with Eitzadas. Shabbos day is associated with Eitzachayim. Then there's Mincha, which is called Shabbos Shabboson. On Shabbos, he says you have the unity of Eitzachayim and Eitzadas, that the Yesh is bottled to the Ayin. Aliyah sa'olamos. Yeah, those are the last words of the maimer like four lines before the end. Yeah, But Shabbos. <coughs> I wanted to read those words again, because that's what we're going to focus on. One, two, three, four, five. Like seven lines before the end of the Maimem Gimel column one. Cheta mekoshesherinu she'oiker davr megiduloi. Hainu shemafrid hayesh lias nifrid b'fenayatz yub'chines davr nifrid. He uprooted the, the branches, and thus, what it means is he separates the yash. It should be separate and independent. The B'chines dover nifrid seems like redundancy. It's separated independently as something that's separate. It should not be aligned or nullified or connected or submerged in its source that gives it life and existence. That's what he's doing. No, middle of the week, no, but on Shabbos. There's a, in Mepharshan there's an interesting dike I once saw, it says, Vayiyu Bnei Yisrael Bamidbar, Vayimzu Ish Mekoisish Eitzim B'Yom HaShabbos. So some should have said grammatically, Vayimzu Bnei Yisrael Ish Bamidbar, right? Vayimzu Oise B'Yom HaShabbos Mekoisish Eitzim. It says So that's what he's teaching here. The problem is it was go up. The bottle Ha A whole week your harvest is not a problem. On the contrary. The passage of six years, you plant your fields, you uh, you uh, weed out the, the vineyards, you have to be oikir, you have to harvest. It's part of what we do to live. To do Malacha, shei yamim means to harvest. Not only that, as we learn now, the Gemara and Shabbos, that all the work that is prohibited on Shabbos is the work that was necessary in the construction of the Mishkan. They had to harvest in order to build the Mishkan. In other words, to build the Mikdash, the Mishkan, they had to do this. The problem is Shabbos. This undermines poigim; it blemishes it. Undermines these trees. So there's two words here: Aliyah What does Aliyah mean? This is a term that's used not infrequently in the literature of Chassidus. Aliyah Saelimus. Even earlier in Kabbalah. So, worlds go up. It's a nice expression on Shabbos, the worlds go up. What does it really, what does it mean? What does Aliyah Sayyidimus mean? We have an expression on Shabbos, which we say every Shabbos. On Shabbos, Hashem was shavus, which literally means He rested. He abstained from all His malachah that He did, and therefore we also rest on Shabbos. We also abstain from creative work on Shabbos, and that's the explanation why certain things are prohibited on Shabbos, others not. If I want to schlep my couch from upstairs downstairs, if I have more guests and have to bring in benches and chairs and couches, it's not a problem. It's not a malach. Turning on the switch, which is much easier. Much less malacha that becomes forbidden on Shabbos, because the concept of malacha is a creation of something. I create something. I created a fire. I created a new structure. I cooked. I created from from food that was not edible. I created edible food. I'm creating something. I'm doing a bria. I'm making a transformation in an object. Whether I'm sewing. Or I'm writing. I create something new. There was paper here, and I created letters, words on this paper. It's a creation of something. And on Shabbos we cease to be creators. Shlepping accounts from upstairs to downstairs, that's not forbidden on Shabbos. Uprooting, planting is a creation. Plowing, I create, I transform the earth. From being infertile, it becomes fertile, it becomes susceptible to be able to sow to plant. I planting a creation, I'm putting in a seed. I didn't just put a seed somewhere, I put it under the earth, I covered it up, I buried it, I now created the potentiality for for a whole new uh pro, for a new produce, for new vegetation. is not minataira. Uh-huh. Okay. Hotsaw Takah Chazal described, it says Hitsa Malak Gruyhi. First, the beginning of Masech Shabbos, Tayser says, why does Masech Shabbos begin? With carrying, Yetzias HaShabbos, it's the last of the 39 Malachas. So he says, because HaItzah is Malachah It's an inferior Malachah. It wouldn't seem like a Malachah, so that's why he puts it first. Because HaItzah, there's really no transformation. I take my keys from my house into the public domain, what did I do? I didn't change the key. All the other ones, yeah. I made a fire, I was Mavir, I was Mechaba. I made a fire, yeah. The, the change is, I transited it from one domain to another domain, and the Torah tells me that's a change. The fact that the thing is in a different domain is a change. But you have to really understand, because that's an exception. It's called malacha agruya. Malacha agruya means it's an inferior malach. It's not, you wouldn't call it a malach. Just like when I take my couch from upstairs to downstairs, so I also change the domain. No, because it's in my house. Or from my house to my porch. That's not a problem, because it's in a domain. I take it to a public domain. I didn't transform it. It went to a place without walls. <laughs> From walls, it went outside without walls. A real Rishusarabim is not only in walls. You need to have, you know, to, a biblical Rishusarabim is it's you know, it's a lot of, a lot of Tanoim, according to some Shittites, you need a place, you know, that 600,000 walk every day. So it's, it's, a Rishusarabim is not so easy to, uh, to find, you know. A karmelis is much different, but a karmelis is not a rishu a only, uh, the Rishusarabim in Only, the made an of, that was a good heart. We'll, we'll soon see the answer to that also. So what does this mean? Hashem rests. <laughs> like, what is the meaning of this? Let's use a marshal that the Balatanya brings in different places of a person. When we create something, very practical design. when we create something, we use different faculties of our personality. The first is you need action. You want to build a machine. You want to build a computer. You want to build a table. You want to build whatever you want to build. You want to build a company. You want to build a home. You want to build an edifice. Whatever you want to build. yeah. There's the element of action. Whatever that action is, if it's it with your hands, in in the physical construction of something... Or other actions, whether you have to move and call and go here and talk to this one. But there's the element of mice the actions that are needed. But you can't only do something with your hands. There's also the dibur that's there. You talk. Whether you need somebody's help, you need to ask something, you give instructions to your employees, that's the dibur. But the speaking is not coming from a vacuum. There's thought that has to go into it. There's machshava that has to go into it. A person who does something with das. If you want it to be successful, there's planning, there's planning beforehand, there's thinking while you're doing it. Your machshava has to be fueling it, but there's the whole process of machshava that people don't see. But those thoughts are also coming from somewhere. There are emotions that are giving rise to that thought. There are emotions, whatever those emotions are. I want to be wealthy. I want to be famous. I want to be successful. I want to be powerful. I want to get rid of my competition. Whatever, whatever the emotions are, very positive or not so positive, very healthy or not so healthy, that's not the discussion now. But there's another layer. And those emotions yet come from deeper emotions and deeper emotions and sometimes subconscious emotions or maybe always subconscious emotions which come from perceptions and mental ideas. Right? Now, when I look at this, when I look at this product, what do I see? <laughs> I see the final product. But what if I would be able to look at it and see the various layers which gave rise to this product? I look at it and I see the actual product that happened physically, which for that you need the Misa. But when I spoke about it, there was also a creation, but it's not a creation of of, of pieces of wood. It's a creation of words. Yeah? When somebody writes a play or somebody writes a novel, it's also a creation. It's not a concrete creation, but it's a creation of words that you speak or that you write. Every speech is a creation. You construct edifices that can have deep impacts. A person writes an article. A person writes a book. It's a create, and it's really, it is a creation. It's a different type of creation. The material is not as expensive. Uh, it's a different type, maybe more expensive in some ways. The, there's an expression, shilta. Yeah. So, the, the, the element of words doesn't create something physical, but it creates something in words. What about thoughts? Thoughts is much less tangible, but it also creates. Thoughts create a lot of stuff. They, they create things in our inner world. They even have an impact on our outer world. What's the expression of the tzema chzadech, the Machshav and Thoughts are realities. Different types of realities. Yeah, I may be thinking about something you won't see it. It has its own creations, more abstract, more transcendent, more nebulous, more let's call it more edel, more daku's dick, more ruchli is dick. Yeah, and the same is true deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Hashem creates the world Kivayachal, also with all of this. There's the ma'is of the rebbeinu shelolim. There's the dibur of the rebbeinu shelolim. There's the machshava of the rebbeinu shelolim. There's the midas of the rebbeinu shelolim. When we look at the world, the universe has different layers. Every layer with which it was created is there in the creation. The question is, what I'm capable of seeing? Do I see it from the most outer level, or can I see it from a deeper level? But every single thing, and this is one of the chidushim in our generations that within science we know, that there's different layers of seeing everything. And it all depends, not on what it is, on the glasses you're wearing. If I'm wearing this pair of glasses, I see one thing. If I'm wearing microscopic glasses, if my eyes are microscopic, I see something else. And within microscopes themselves, how good, how efficient, how effective, how deep. There's layers upon layers, and it's all the same object. We spoke many times. On one level, this is a concrete piece of wood. And you go on a deeper level, it's a whole new reality. You have scores of atoms beyond even you know, what we could count, beyond millions and trillions and zillions, sectillions, quintillions of atoms revolving in a tremendous speed, mostly empty space, with a nucleus in the middle and electrons revolving around it. It's just our eyes can't deal with that, uh, that, uh, Smallness, so we put it together. We're makosha shaitzim, you know. We put it all together, and we make a solid thing. ah? Uh, well, the smallness of it. You look at a star. You know, some of those stars you look at four billion <laughs> light years away, billions, millions, or billions of light years away, and huge, huge, bigger than the Earth, sometimes bigger than the Sun. But what do our eyes say? Tiny little stars, and one star from another star is just ten feet, right? Ten feet is just like four billion light years away, but it's ten feet because our eyes do funny things. They 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 have to do re, they, they have to deal with reality based on how they can deal with it. So it's different layers that I can appreciate when I'm speaking to you, right? So we're having a regular conversation. I'm just listening to your words. Yeah. What happens when you go to your therapist? He doesn't listen to your words. He's not interested in what you're saying. He wants to know what's behind your words. <laughs> He wants to know your thoughts and wants to know your emotions, he wants to know your subconscious emotions. Whether he's right or wrong is irrelevant. But the point is, I'm looking for the deeper layer behind it. There was a big psychiatrist, he once told me, he's a very successful person, so he once told me, he says, I don't listen to what people say. I just look at their body movements while they're saying it. <laughs> he said it's irrelevant what they say. What they said, they plan to say. You're not going to learn anything from that, from that. That's what they want to tell you. What I look is what they do with their body while they're saying it. I look for the twitches. I look, uh, you know, they're shaking their foot. As uh, yeah, yeah, right. That's what I. That's all I'm looking for. That they're not preparing for. <laughs> In other words, I'm looking for what's behind the words. What's 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 coming out. What are the emotions that they may not be aware of? It was a very interesting observation. Another person may not even notice that. We have a world, we have a universe. But we look at the world, what do we see? So the example he gives you, and this is a very powerful metaphor, is when something is growing, it's connected to the earth. The earth is its source, that's where it came from. It didn't come from anywhere else. This bush or this shrub or this tree or this plant, whatever it is. It was connected to the earth, it came from the earth. We call it Mother Earth. The earth gave, so to speak, birth to it. The earth has a koyach. If I would put the same thing somewhere else, it's not going to grow. You could put it on the most beautiful golden dish. <laughs> Take a seed and put it on the most beautiful golden dish in the world. That a golden dish that costs you, I don't know how much it costs you, nothing is going to grow. It's the power of the earth. On the third day, it says, Hashem tells, says, Tatshe HaOretz desha Asef, Mazria, Azera, Eitz Pri, which means that the earth has within it the kaiyachatzimeach hakel hoyim in offer. The pasuk says in Ecclesiastes and Kaihelas, the earth has the power to produce. It's the mother that, under certain circumstances, of course, there's a need for water and there's a need for sunlight, etc. Today they already do these things. You know, they can do some stuff synthetically and artificially. But you need you need those ingredients in order to be able to create the tzmicha, the miracle of of produce. So the earth is, so to speak, its koyach. It's chios. That's where it gets its life from. You detach, You detach the tree from its roots that are embedded in the earth and it can't live. There's no life anymore. It's a dead tree. That's what a dead tree means. It dies. So the connection to the earth means the connection to its source of life, its vitality. Now when it's ripe, you have to disconnect it. That's why the fruit changes colors when it's ripe. One of the fascinating things of nature, the fruit changes colors. Why? It's almost like the fruit is now making an advertisement. Till today I was green and I was mixed in to the, f- to the foliage, to the leaves. And you didn't even see me because everything is green. Now I became orange. I became purple. I became red. It's almost like the fruit, not almost, the fruit is announcing, come, take, enjoy, machabrucha, bracha, eat. It's a fascinating thing. Plus, the fruit is protecting you. The fruit is telling you, when I'm green, don't eat me because I'm not ripe. It's not healthy. I'm unripe. Now I changed colors. So it's almost announcing it's time to go off. And I don't know if you know that when a fruit becomes ripe, most of them weaken their connection to the branch. A week earlier, it would have been hard. You could pull it off if you try, but it's harder. It not only it changes colors, it releases the connection. It's much easier to pull off. It's almost like it's all planned it's one of the things you see people, people don't realize. This is what ch- children should be taught these things. Cause it's almost like the tree has a whole, not only it plans its own survival. So evolution, it's busy surviving. That itself is Fine Pella. But it's also busy thinking about me. <laughs> How did that happen by mistake? I want to know. Mainly you want to say the tree wants to survive. So after billions of years, it figured out the best way to survive as though there was something to figure, figure it out. But sure. But how does the tree know exactly to protect me? Like, why does the tree care about me and you? (laughs) Suddenly the tree not only is brilliant, it also has a lot of avisistral. All by mistake, of course. And not only avasistral, love of humanity. And not only humanity, love of all the animals, and love of all the birds, and love of all the insects, everything. (laughs) Such selflessness. Such self and its whole life is designed to make sure that everyone else lives. It's like the ultimate Jewish mother. The ultimate Yiddish huh? Yeah. love Such love. Like you really care if I eat your fruits prematurely? Yeah, I'm going to change my color and I'm going to make a beautiful color. Not just I'm going to change a color. You know, I'm going to make an attractive color. (laughs) And I need to make sure that bees have their honey. So I'm going to create flowers for no reason. Nobody needs these flowers. Yeah, because I'm trying to attract the bees because they like flowers. They like the nectar. And I'm going to create colors so therefore I can attract everybody. And I give them and they give me and they pollinate me. Right? So all this is happening. All this is happening constantly. Why did I get into colors? I forgot. I so. forgot. So there's a time that it releases its grip, exactly, and you have to separate it. Because now if you continue staying on the tree, you just become a burden. You know, we see these fruits. Either they rot or they just fall off on their own. In other words, there comes a time the tree says, you're done. Now it's time for you to move on and end up in somebody else's uh, domain. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The estrik could be yeah. HaDarbi in the Gemara and Sukkah. An estrik could be on a tree for many years. It's a unique fruit. Uh, most fruits, when they hit the season, comes they can't stay. Ah, uh, lemon, yeah. Either they become too heavy, they decompose, they fall, etc. <laughs> huh? That's why they went business. Now, when you, when you, when you, that no, that's why you have huge sraigim. You can have huge sraigim, and uh, you can have very small sraigim because sraigim go through these. Uh, It could live on the tree for for all the seasons. It's a unique fruit, and also for sometimes more than one year, a few years. I think the maximum is five years, which is a chiddush. It's a unique phenomenon of an eserik. This is a lemon. Hadar bi'ilanoi. The Gemara says, Hadar is hadar bi'ilanoi mishana Lashana. It lives on the tree. The tree becomes its home. Just like in a home you live winter and summer. You live in the home, hadar Hadar is Hadar B'Ilan, a very interesting interpretation. It's one of the ways that we know Preet's Hadar is an Esri, because it just says a beautiful fruit, Hadar. How do we know it's an Esri? One of the Gemara gives four, a sechta sukkah, four interpretations. One of them is Hadar. It lives on the tree. The tree is like a nest. It's like a residence. It's like I take root. I'm not just here temporarily, you know, in the spring or the summer or the winter, and then I'm gone. Now, When I'm, when I'm looking at this fruit, if I don't know about agriculture, I don't know anything about farming, and today many of us don't because we can get to go into a store and buy as many peaches as we want all year around. You don't, you're not even limited by seasons anymore because of export. I look at it, I may not know where it comes from. I enjoy it, I love it. I'm eating the watermelon, the cantaloupe, the kiwi, the peach. Or the challah from the grain and the spelt or the, or this, whatever it is, I may not know its source. That's the process. What is all this a metaphor? It's a metaphor for how the world, how we look at the world. The world looks like a yesh. It's a being. It's a something. But the whole world every moment is really divine energy. That's what it is. In other words, if I can put on spiritually microscopic glasses and look at reality, just like scientifically, if I can put on, if I would have microscopic eyes, this is not such a yesh the way we make it. (laughs) There's a whole inner life happening with tremendous perfect harmony, as I told you. Endless amount, not endless, but enormous amounts of atoms beyond what we can imagine. Beyond what we can imagine. And most of it is empty space and it works in that perfect harmony and symmetry, if I can yet go a step deeper, in that empty space, if my eyes could pick up that empty space, what I would see is the Dvar Hashem, the divine energy, that sustains it, that gives it vitality. That's called Ayin. Why is it called Ayin? Ayin means nothing. Not because it's nothing. Because from the world of the yesh, it's not tangible. And that which is not tangible... We often call iron. It doesn't exist in my world. I say it's iron. It may be more important than the yesh, but from my perspective, it's called iron, not because it's really iron. The iron may actually be the most important element here, but from my my eyes don't pick it up. If my eyes don't pick it up and my fingers don't detect it, and my ears don't hear it, and my nose doesn't smell it and my mouth doesn't taste it, from my perspective it's called iron. In other words, it's nothing. Not that it's really nothing. In the world of the yesh, it doesn't mean anything. It, the yesh is not moved by it because it's unaware of it. It doesn't have the instruments to grasp it. We say Shabbos, Hashem seized, Kivoy Shabbos mekol melachtoi, HaShabare Lekim Lassos. So the Balatanya says, what happens on Shabbos? Ali The Olimas go up. What does it mean the Olimas go up? It means that on Shabbos, Let's say Hashem would create the world only with machshava, not with dibor, not with myself. What's the difference between machshava and dibor, between thought and words? Thoughts are inside, speech comes out. If I would think, nobody would know what I'm thinking. No, I don't know what you're thinking. The Gemara says, I speak, I communicate so you know what I'm thinking. In other words, speech is always that which comes out from you. And it goes to another person. And as we know very often, a person could take your words and misconstrue them. A person could take your words and paraphrase them and quote them in his own name. A person could take your words and completely misunderstand them, miscalculate them. Whatever, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. You know the telephone game, right? <laughs> that game of telephone and suddenly nobody knows what the original word is. With thoughts, the thoughts are inside of me. I know exactly what I'm thinking. You're not gonna tell me what I'm thinking. But words, words is a different world. Do Hashem spoke the world in words? Va. And then there's even an element that we speak of Mysa,vavas,. What does all this allow? It allows for the energy, just like words come out of a person. They leave a person, and they' separated from a person. I don't even have control over them anymore. And in fact, you could take my words and do with them what you want, including make them, put them on a WhatsApp and send them viral, as people do. And fallen, the words are out, boom, next. It's gone. And you don't know the impact, hopefully it's positive. But the point is, you're not even in control over them. Why does it We say Hashem speaks the world in words? It's a metaphor of saying that the world assumes an identity that you could perceive it as something separate from its source. Just like words, leave me. If the world was only created by machshava, what would it be? It would have never leave the source. So what type of world would I see? I would see a world that Hashem is everything. Hashem is everywhere. Enoid movada. And you know what? That world exists. It's just a deeper layer. As I told you, when you create something... The mice is there and the dipper is there and the makshava is there. It's all there. The question is what you're picking up. This is very important. The world has many layers. The more science is coming closer and closer and closer to the truth, what is it? It's always revealing another layer. Every week, if you follow these pieces of news, you'll see they discovered what is behind this and what is, it's another layer, another layer, another layer. Until the moment, Mashiach, what's Pshat Mashiach? V'nig'le k'void HaShem, v'roo yacht of t'v'kipi HaShem Dibre. Molo oritz deyes HaShem kamayam Well, you'll discuss planet Earth. You'll discuss geology, astronomy, cosmology, science, biology, physics. What are you going to see? You'll see a lakos. You'll see achdos HaShem once. And already today, we see the convergence between the physical and the spiritual in crazy ways. I told you many times the physicist Planck, he said that matter is a derivative of consciousness. Consciousness is not a derivative of matter. Which means the Gashmi is the is the cause of the Ruchni. The Rukhni is not the cause of the We always thought matter is a fact. There's a world. Now figure it out. It's this. It, no, he says. The reason there's a world is because you think there's a world. This is not coming from spiritual words. It's coming from a a uh, nuclear physicist, from a physicist named Max Planck, a Nobel Prize laureate, one of the ve- the great uh, theoretical f- uh, theoretical physicists, quantum mechanics. He says matter is a derivative of consciousness. In other words, it exists. What exists here is because I see it that way. It's because of what my my interpretation. What if my eyes would be able to see a deeper layer? It would be a different world. Is that world not here? Of course it's here. The Rambam has an expression, Hil haba, is not a world that's coming in the future. He said that it's the same world that's here now. Haba just means that the person sometimes needs a soul that's not clouded by static to be able to see it. There's a Mekubur, 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 Fanu. One of the great Mechabalim in, in Italy, Fano, was in Italy, the Ramemi Fano. in Panu. She says, every person walks around either in an Aver Ganadin or an Aver Gehenim. It's not you go to Ganeidin or Gehenim. The Lepshin in or Gehenim. Depends which world you're in. One person is living in a world and they create their own Gehenim. Another person is living in Ganeidin. In other words, it's the energy. If somebody is sensitive to it, so all the layers exist. The question is what I pick up on. What's the uniqueness of Shabbos? The uniqueness of Shabbos is Aliyah ha'olemus. What's kind of Aliyah sa'olemus? The worlds go up. What it, what's it mean? They go on a ski slope. We put them on, on one of those, uh, what are they called when you go skiing? Huh? Lifts. And suddenly the worlds go up. They go higher. What does it mean? So you say, ahecherevelt. It's something very genuine about Shabbos. On Shabbos, the world's go up means there's a special air, there's a light in the world on Shabbos that a sensitive soul looks at the world. He sees a higher world. What does mean he sees a higher world? He sees a higher, a deeper layer of the universe. In the lashon of the Balatanya, not the Dibur, but the Machshava. The zelbevelt, the same world, the same food. <laughs> but a whole week, if I eat it, fine, eat it. On Shabbos, suddenly it's a mitzvah. So it's not like some people think on Shabbos it's a mitzvah to be a glut and fakert. On Shabbos, the world is a different world. That's the story with the the Helic Yerushin. I told you he was learning a Masech Shabbos. A person is lost in the desert. He doesn't know when Shabbos is. Right, what do you do? He didn't take a cell phone, of course, or the battery died. You have to add that in the Gemara. And therefore, he doesn't know when Shabbos is. And what do you do? You lose count of time. When do you keep Shabbos? So there's two opinions. You count six days and you do Shabbos, and you do Shabbos and you count six days. Rabbi Saul of Rishon, when he was a child, was learning this in Cheder and Yeshiva, and he asked his teacher, "What is the meaning of this Gemara?" "Haya Shabbos." Doesn't know when Shabbos, so he repeated it again and again. And the Rizim says, I don't understand, and he was surprised because he had a good tekepela. He says, "What don't you understand?" He says, "How is it possible as How do you how do you lose sight of Shabbos?" So he says, "What do you mean, how?" you you cook migita cook the you look up and you see it's a different world Shabbos. and we know that even by much simpler souls very often if you are there's something about shabas something about shabas there's an energy of Shabbos. ayid it's an expression ayid Shabbos is anandere. there's something about shabas it's not that the physical world is not here. It's not that the, the physical world. That's Ali Asylumus. Alias Asylumus means the relationship between the Yesh and the Ayin is closer. The relationship between the, the Yesh is elevated to a higher plane. Now there's a difference. If there would have never been Dibur Maisa, if the Hashem would only have Makshava, we wouldn't see a physical world. We would see in the physical, the spiritual. Once that happens, once it came out, so it stays on Shabbos, it doesn't go away the physical world. But Kivoy Shavas Mikol what happens when you rest? You take back your energy, you reclaim your energy. So now the world operates on a higher space. To put it in simple words, not so simple anymore. What's the difference between Shabbos and the weekdays? One nekuda. In the weekdays, there's something called reshus harabim, a public domain. There's you and there's me. You ever walk? I sometimes marvel. I'm in Manhattan, and you walk on Second Avenue, Madison Avenue, Fifth Avenue. How many people are walking there? hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Yeah. Today everybody's on their phone almost bumping into each other, bumping into polls. But even a few years ago when people still walked and they looked ahead of them, not texting, millions of people. And sometimes I'll stop for a moment and think every person here is thinking about something else. Everyone. Yeah. Every person. Hundreds of thousands. But there's one more thing. And everyone is convinced that what they're thinking about is the most important thing happening in the world right then. And everybody is equally convinced. And they're normal people. The But that's what they really believe. Including me. <laughs> including me thinking about these funny things. <laughs> the difference is what I was thinking was really the most important thing in the world. That's the only difference. <laughs> the only problem is that's what everyone else says too. Right? And I always say, that's the ultimate, everyone, this one just made $10 million commission from a building he sold right on First Avenue, and this one just lost that amount. (laughs) This one is getting married tomorrow night, and this one's marriage just ended. This one is on top of the world, this one is on bottom of the world. This one is upset about this. I don't even know what they're thinking about. I'm not trying to imagine what everybody's thinking about. But I know that everybody's thinking about something else and they're convinced that this is the most important thing and everything else revolves around my thoughts. And, and this is how the world works. This is called the ultimate Rishosarab. Rishosarab doesn't only mean there's a lot of people there. Of course that's what it means. doesn't only mean it's a public domain. It means it's a domain in which there's a rabbin. What does Rabbi mean? There's you in your world and I'm in my world and we're disconnected. The only ways our world will come together is if I can get something from you. What's Rishus Hayachid? Rishus HaYachet is a place where Achdus is noticeable. There's a oneness. If you can bring things back to their source, let's say I would be able to see in every yesh the source. Or to put it this way, let's say I would not uproot it from its earth source. If it would be organically connected, then it's Yachit. There may be many differences, but the differences all stem from a oneness. It's a diversity. What does it say on the on the dollar uh, in Latin? Uh, okay, you got it. You you learned this in, in which grade? Iploburus unum, which means in Latin, it means from many one. Right, from many we make one. What does it mean from many one? The concept it could be many people and with a lot of diversity, but there's a oneness. There's a oneness. The shvatam are called Shvatim. Shvatim mean branches. Why what's a shavit A shavit is a tribe. A Shaivat doesn't really mean a tribe. shavit means a scepter. A, a stick, a branch. Why are they call Shvatim? Because they're branches that come from one tree. But that's only when they're connected. <laughs> when they're disconnected, then they're called matos. Matos are sticks, not branches. When you look at a stick, a cane, you don't see that it's a branch anymore. You may know that it's a branch, but you don't see it. The shave it, there's still a moist, there's still connection to the source. How? Do you connect it? sure. How? It's not impossible. It's, 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 it's just a deeper layer of reality. Just like with a person. How do I connect to, to my own machshava? I have to step back. If I'm always in projective mode, if I don't stop talking and talking and talking, look who's talking, then I never will. What's the first thing you have to do, right? Like Reb Nochem says, take a deep breath. Why do you take a deep breath? You gotta, you gotta go in a little bit. You gotta retreat. I have to go out of, out of the outer world and go into the inner world. Notice what I'm thinking. Notice what I'm feeling. A lot of people don't have time for that there are two, b- that's Shabbos, Shabbos, you go, you should so be going to an inner world, huh? Sharpening the soul, you know, sharpen the soul, in the woods, you work just harder. you sharp, you, you have, have to sharpen, sharpen the, the soul, right, the right, 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 yeah. And the deeper I go, the more effective everything becomes, because there's much more depth in it, yeah. The same is true in relationships. Can you allow me to go into your thoughts? Then we connect on a whole deeper level. When somebody shares with me or I share with them my inner thoughts and then even inner thoughts, and it's a whole different relationship because now we relate to each other in a much more real way, in a much more authentic way, in a much deeper way. But the same is true with the whole universe. The whole idea of avoid this Hashem, it's not just you serve Hashem, you do mitzvahs technically. It's a different way of living, All of the teachings of the Balshamtav, yeah it's all about a different way of living, a different way of looking at the world. It's not just uh the Balshemtiv came to teach Jews to do a big shalashuddhas. Yeah, shalashuddhas is very important, and there should be good food by shalashuddhas, not only egg salad. But when 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 when, when, huh? yeah. but when 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 it's reduced to that you lose the whole point. It's a different it's a it's a way of life. It's a perspective of life. It's how you live, how you live twenty four hours a day, how you look at the world, how you look at yourself. What that's what Shabbos represents. So when when we now come to the to the Eitzim, what's the difference of Eitz and Eitz Achayim? is Toivira. What does Eitz Adas mean? How can a tree have good and bad? Oh, it's a tree, <laughs> huh? Eitz is a tree of life. It really represents that what the Balatanya is saying here is two ways of living. They're both trees. They both come from the earth. They both get their chias from the earth. But one is an Eitz HaDas and one is an Eitz What's the difference between the two? Eitz is a tree. We call it a tree of life. Eitz is also alive. If it's not alive, it wouldn't be a tree. It would be dead. But it's called Eitz Toiv vira, It's a mixture of toiv vira. What happens as a result of the Yitzhadas? Struggle. They're not comfortable anymore with their nakedness. Literally, they have to dress up. They're not comfortable with themselves. (laughs) What's the first question Hashem asks Adam after the Yitzhadas? Ayeka. Where are you? Not geographically only. Where are you? Like Rashi says, he knew where he was. It's a deeper question. Existential. Ayeka. You know, Vubisto of the Where are you? Why is that the new question? Because this is what happens as a result of the Eitz Das. There's Toiv and there's Ra. As a result of Das, which is self-consciousness. Self-awareness. Etzah Chaim is the tree in which there's no self-consciousness. I'm conscious of the self, but I'm not self-conscious. You know the difference? There's a very big difference between self-consciousness and conscious of the self. In the in the world of Eitz I'm always connected with life. What is life? Life is that which lives. Va'atam ha'dveikim b'Hashem alakeichem Chayim kolchamayim The Ovest, the Reb Nossam says, Asor ha'nikru Chayim Torah Yisrael Hashem alakim Chayim Hashem alakim Chayim Hashem alakim Chayim Life doesn't die. Life is life. Eitzachayim means I'm always connected with life, with the source of life. And therefore I'm always alive. I'm fully alive because I'm aligned with the source of life. It's back to our electricity metaphor. The refrigerator has electricity, but the refrigerator's electricity is just an extension of the power of electricity. It's not like the power of electricity now enters into the refrigerator and the refrigerator owns its electricity. It doesn't own anything. It's a manifestation of electricity in my kitchen. And electricity never dies. Electricity can't die by definition. Electricity doesn't die. You know that. The refrigerator dies, not the electricity. (laughs) So if I'm a refrigerator, I die. If I'm electricity, I never die. You understand what happened by the Eitz By the Eitz Yeah, there's no death. How could there be death? Why should you die? The you doesn't die. The you is aligned with electricity. You're just a manifestation of electricity. There's no death. You can call it unplugged, maybe. Unplugged. <laughs> unplugged means that you're not manifesting the electricity anymore. That's what you're doing. That's why death, the like, electricity doesn't die and the Shama doesn't die. Unplugged means my guth is not manifesting the electricity. But my electricity doesn't die. <coughs> my life doesn't die. My personality doesn't die. Nobody dies. Before the Eitz the physical was not separate from the spiritual. So therefore the body also didn't have to die. Eitz Hadass, means a world in which I become self-conscious. And now I want to own the electricity. Now the refrigerator says, sorry, it's my electricity. I own it, really. And I create a whole philosophy around the fact that it's my electricity. And now I become insecure. You know why? Because your electricity is more powerful than mine. So now I'm busy with insecurity. I'm not sure who I am. So I go to therapy. Can you tell me about my electricity? Because I'm really threatened by my wife's electricity. Uh, in What do you mean you're threatened by electricity? You're both manifesting one electricity, you in this way, me in this way. You're one. We're all one. Electricity is one. I'm manifesting it here, you're manifesting it here. We're one. I'm not sure. Toiv is connection. Ra, as we said many times, is brokenness, fragmentation. I'm disconnected. So there's toivirah, and ra comes from this. All depression comes from this. What's depression? Depression means, I have no value, I'm a shmata. What do you mean you have no value? Does God get depressed? (laughs) Yeah, when you get depressed. What do you mean I have no value? What's this I that has no value? This I is an infinite manifestation of God in this world. How could it not have value? Can anybody explain that? The haris was tutzuch. The I always, ha- it has infinite value if it's rooted in the Eitzachayim. Self-doubt, insecurity. What is really the idea of trauma? Trauma is the idea that there's something about me that is so embarrassing. There's something so shameful about me. Why? Because I'm identifying with not with a fake I, not with the real I. I'm identifying with Eitz Hadas, and Eitz Hadas always needs Birurim. You always have to say, this is not me. This is not me. That's what Birur means. Birur. On Shabbos, you don't do Birur. What's Birur? Birur halachically in Shulchan Sim and Shin Yates is selecting the good from the bad, the bad from the good, the bad from the good, the good from the bad. That's what Birur is. A whole week, you gotta do Birur. That's how Voidus habirurim. Avaidah is not just physically taking out the onions from the salad because you don't like onions, which on Shabbos you're not allowed to do if it's mixed. Avaidah is the whole idea of constantly saying, this belongs to me, this doesn't belong to me. This I got from you. This I got from my mother, from my father, from my brother, from my teacher, from my community, from my issues, from this one, from that one, from my Sahara, That's the biggest one. That's where I got it from. Yitzhadas, toivira. I live in the world of self-consciousness, of my own electricity. And it's it's a struggle. This is called Avoidah Sabirurim. And when your eitzadas could go up, when you could be Mavara the toiv, you create Shabbos. That's Friday night. Friday night is the serenity that comes after the avoid of six weeks, of, of six days. The Gemara says in avoidezorim, Misha tarech be'eriv Shabbos, yoichul beShabbos. You prepared Friday. You have what to eat. So it's not just physically; it's also spiritually. The Balatanya writes that the davening of every day is the Shabbos of that day. So he says, when you have the davening of the six days, then automatically you have Shabbos. In other words, the davening of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, together creates the whole Shabbos. (laughs) If I didn't daven Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'd go into Shabbos. Shabbos still happens, but it's a different Shabbos. You know, you can go into Shabbos dressed up for Shabbos, and you can go into Shabbos, you know, you can come into a wedding, uh, you're at the wedding, but it's a different wedding. It's a different wedding. You're busy hiding, and you know you're not uh, you're not present there. Shabbos happens whether we like it or not. Shabbos mikatshim. It's the beauty of Shabbos. Mikatshim, when the world changes. But how much I'm open to the change? It depends how much I dealt with my etz chadas during the week. Etz chaim is different. Etz chaim is a tree of life. Etz chaim is a tree of alignment, and therefore it's full life. There's no death in etz chaim. Hashem says, if he eats from the Eitzach Haim, you live forever. Because if my eye is aligned with the electricity and the source of electricity, I'm a manifestation of Hashem in the world. Where's death? God doesn't die. The Passockim Malachi says, I have not changed. Hashem says, you, the children of Yaakov, you're mine. You also. Nobody can destroy the Jewish people. Why can't nobody destroy the Jewish people? Because the Jewish people are Am Hashem. What are you going to destroy? They try to. The hatred to the Jewish people is not just a hatred to people; it's a hatred to what the anti-Semite deeply feels the Jew represents. There's a there's a kedusha there that he wants to kill. There's a there's a venom there to a Jew that is deeper than the Jew even understands. Because the Jew just thinks, "I'm a regular, simple guy. What do you hate me for? (laughs) You know, I like to play golf and 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 I like sushi and I like a couple of dollars. Like, what's the big deal? You know, we're we're both members of of society." But the truth is that there's something that often the anti-Semite feels about the Jew that the Jew doesn't feel about himself. Sometimes you become wise from your enemies. They see what, look what they hate and you'll understand what to love. Look what they hate and you'll understand what, what, what to love. Because if your enemy hates this, then probably you have to love this. If you want to know why you should love a Jew, yeah, the best reason to love a Jew is look who hates them. And then you'll know what to love. If a person like Hitler hates Jews, it's probably a pretty good thing to love. If a person like uh, Stalin, or in our generation, you have the Rawanis of the world, and the Nasralas of the world, and the Ahmadinejas of the world, and the Bin Ladins of the world, and their greatest venomous to Jews, this is probably a good thing to love. <laughs> if these are the people who hate you, then this is worth loving. May oyvete chakmeni. So there's eight Sadas and eight It's Two different trees, two different states of consciousness. The mekoshish eitzim. What did he do? The Gemara brings three opinions. He carried in her or he gathered together piles of wood, or Toilashi he uprooted it. It's not just three opinions. It, it represents the nikkudah of the whole story. The nikkudah of the whole story is what the zoyah says. His problem was he was comparing trees. That's the problem. We look the Zoyas It's a nice Kabbalistic Pshetel. Comparing Eitz HaDas, Eitz Okay, great. You took a story and you turned it into Eitz HaChayim, Eitz HaDas. Fine, very nice. Let's learn the Gemara and see what really happened. The Zoya is pnimius Satayda. The Zoya is Megala, the pnimius of the Gemara. Zoya means light. Zoya, right, means light. He he shines a light to understand the pnimius of the story. Avada! He was mechalal Shabbos on a literal level. A mikrayetsam of Shutai. But what's the inside of the story? Let's get to the machshava. Let's get to the core of the story. Whether he walked for amos in Eshasarab or he uprooted. What does uprooting mean? Why can't you uproot on Shabbos? What does God care if I take a, 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 a sickle and I and I harvest on Shabbos? What's the big deal? Or my I gather stuff together to the point that it's an iser What's the big deal? Or I carry. But the real point is that all of this represents the antithesis of what Shabbos is. When something is connected to the source and I uproot it, what does this represent? It represents taking the universe and uprooting it from its source. The world is also a source. Every person has roots. Are you living a life with roots, or are you uprooted from your source? Uprooted from your source means you're disconnected. People say, I'm disconnected, I'm disallowed. Who are you disconnected from? Your roots, yourself. A tree doesn't become free when you tear it, when you're disconnected from its roots. Imagine a tree says, you know, I'm a slave all these years to my roots. That's it, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Cut me off. So you cut off the tree. So what happens? Or the leaves. Yeah, the leaves say, you know, I'm, I'm such a slave here on my branch. Get me out of here. So you cut the, 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 uh, wind comes, the leaf tears itself off, and the leaf is, I'm a chaya. For the first time, movement, motion, I can go wherever I want, and the leaf starts marching down your block you ever saw. The leaf starts marching down, and then tomorrow you see it by the sewage system. By the sewage system, brown, muddy, and you look at the leaf and you go like this. And you call the Hevra Kadisha. What was the leaf's mistake? The leaf didn't understand that its connection to the tree is not death. Its connection to the tree is life. Everything else is death. In its search to find itself, it lost itself. <laughs> the worst thing a person can do themselves is detach themselves from their own roots. Not somebody else's roots. Your roots. You have to know your roots. And I don't only mean here roots in terms of mishpacha. I'm talking about your roots in terms of your soul's roots, your own roots. You become a misplaced person. A displaced DP camps, with displaced. you become a displaced person. So you have a person, he may live in the same house for 50 years, but he's a displaced person. What's that? displaced? Displaced means I'm not connected to my roots. I'm not connected. I'm not organically connected to my voice, to myself, to the source of electricity. The moment I become disconnected, the yesh is now separated from the ayin. Now what happens is, all types of confusion, confusions come into the person. Psychological, emotional, and practical. I'm detached, and that's the pain. It's the pain of detachment that we're trying to overcome. I think many of us, the pain of detachment. It's very hard to be detached. It's not easy. We have attachments. Now you have to know which attachments are root attachments and which attachments are attachments to come to compensate for the fact that they're not attached to their roots. When people are addicted to something, they're attached. But what are they looking for? They're detached, so they become attached to things that can make them feel attached. I once asked a person, why do you always drink? So he told me, I'm trying to get out of my head. I'm always in my head, and it drives me crazy. I'm never calm. I'm always, I'm trying to figure things out. What do you think about me? What do you think about me? Where am I? Where am I not? Am I enjoying the wedding? Am I not enjoying the wedding? Do I like myself? Do I hate myself? Do you like me? Who am I? Why am I? Am I here? I'm not. Anybody is familiar with this? It's called living in your head. It could drive you crazy, right? He says, I will do anything to get out of this. If that means being drunk every day, that's what it means. So there's something very genuine about it. He's completely not attached. He's not attached. And he's feeling it. He's completely It's terrible pain. You're not attached to yourself. You're not attached to who you are. You're not attached to your own soul. I said a beautiful word, Shabbos, from the Badit, Shabbos, from the Badit- Shabbos. It's a murder in It says that Yeshua sent two spies to check out Eitzitzel in the Haftar of Shlach. Moshe sent twelve. Yeshua sent two. So the expression is he sent... Miragley Cheresh. Kheresh means deaf, mute. Cheresh. So he sent deaf and mute spies. What's the advantage of sending deaf and mute spies? Spies have to hear. They have to be able to give a report. <laughs> Wrong people. I mean, they may be very fine people, but don't send them as spies. They got to have all their faculties functioning. They have to hear what people are saying. They have to get the energy. What's the Cherish? Deaf and mute. So the, the Mufarshim struggle with this. Is a Medrash and Rus and Rashi speaking. One expression, one, make believe you deaf. Make believe you deaf so people will speak in front of you. Different interpretations. make believe that you're selling pottery. One of different Bhitchavit says in Kadusha Slavi, he says much deeper. And he says a mighty <laughs> dick of art. When you go, I said every place has energy. The energy is a lot of times created by the people who were there before. You know, sometimes you come home from an event with a lot of people, and for two days you're a mess. You blame yourself. It's not really you. You picked up the energy of the place or the energy of the people. Those of you who are sensitive know what I'm talking about. You can come home. Two people can come home from the same bar mitzvah, from the same wedding, from the same dinner, from the same event. One person never happened. The other person, for three days, you're not normal. You're doubting yourself. You're tired. You're exhausted. Suddenly, you have all these weird emotions. So you're going to therapy because you think you're crazy. You're not crazy. You just picked up a lot of toxicity that was out there. And you have to know this. It's called You have to know what's mi- mi- mine, what's not mine. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Huh? You come home, you don't know the Baruch Hashem. Some people go there just detached. But if you're attached, you push it, pick up people's, you pick up a lot of people's energies. So this is what the Padishavit says. Listen to this. He says, he, they're going to go to the same place where the first maraglam went he says because they're sensitive souls they're tzaddikim they're going to pick up the whole energy and all the thoughts of the first miraglim. so he said cherish you're going to have to be deaf to their energy don't take in that energy you're going to experience all their thoughts because you're going to be walking in the same terrain you're following their footsteps a generation later Other people won't pick up on it, but I know you're going to pick up on it because of your sensitivity. And you're going to experience what they experienced, but you're going to call it your own because you don't know where it's coming from. You know what I mean? Suddenly, your issues are not my issues, and I'm going crazy. And all I have to know is it's not mine. It's fine. Take a salt bath. (laughs) Gay Mikveh. Get rid of it. That's not your problem. It's enough to deal with your own energy, you have to deal with other people's energies. So he says, you're going to have to be deaf to their voices that you're going to feel, you're going to experience. The huh? Not in a negative sense, deaf that you shouldn't hear. Deaf, in other words, don't allow their fear, they were very afraid, and their fears might become your fears 40 years later. It says, Joshua told the two spies... It's, he sent death spies. It's Yahushua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2 verse 1. You could look it up in the Tanakh. Yeah, not to listen. You're going to feel their voice. You're going to sense their energy. And it's going to be toxic. Because they came back and they said, we can't go. You have to be deaf. Very powerful idea. Very powerful idea. Rip Ripchips mentioned a few days ago. That okay. Said that we should not do now, but do to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, avoid yeah, yeah. We'll continue. Yeah. I have one more question? How do that's the and put it back? Oh. Huh? Yeah, no. The, the the leaf is a very important muscle. That's the whole idea. You think you're freeing up the yesh? You're not freeing up the yesh. You're killing it. Talking to the whole huh? world. It's okay, How do we connect? Do you connect? <laughs> the Balatanya says it's a pasuk. We say Shabbos mincha. Mi ki Yisrael goy ba'aretz. Right? You know the pasuk. So what does it mean? Who is like your nation, Yisrael? Goy echad ba'aretz. Goy echad means one nation on earth or sometimes it will be translated, a unique nation on earth. It's like a special, goy echad, like this one special nation on earth. But what makes it special? That the posik doesn't say, just says goy echad. The Balatanya writes that the Posik is not just complimenting the Jews, it's also explaining it. goy echad ba'aretz. It's the goy, it's the nation. That's Megala, the echad in the Eretz. Goy echad ba'aretz. Shegam they're the Echad in the world. The whole world is looking for this. This is the function of the Jewish people. To be Megala, the Echad, in the Eretz. Because when you take away the yesh from the source, you're not helping it, you're killing it. You're killing it. We all know, the worst tragedy could be to take away a baby from its mother. Even when it stops nursing. So physically, we know, what are you doing? You're not giving the baby independence. You're killing the baby. The mother is not its master, its tyrant. The mother is the one who's giving it its milk, its nurture, its love, its security, its its its, its sense of self. Now when we're adults, okay, yeah, we, we leave our mothers. <laughs> not all of us, but some of us leave our mothers. The But there's still things that we're connected to. Whether it's our mother, our father, in a, in a way of adulthood. And taking that away from that which you have to remain connected to. Right? You're not, you're not helping the person. You're, you you're, 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 ki- you're killing the person. You're, you're killing the poor plant. You're killing the poor tree. <laughs> you're trying to do it a fa- uh, you're, you're, you're it you're from itself. From its chios. So you're not helping it. You have to be aligned with your own roots, not with somebody else's roots. That's that's the issue. The issue is sometimes you come and you'll say, I'll connect you, I'll connect you to my roots. You understand the difference? That's another form of separation. I can't connect you to my roots, I have to connect you to your roots. I see here only one night. Is that the only... Well... <laughs> All Torah mitzvahs is a life of alignment. That's what it is. Every mitzvah is another way of aligning, aligning the world with its source. Like the mitzvah we learned today about Shabbos. What is Shabbos? Shabbos is ultimate alignment. Every mitzvah in its own way, tefillin in its way, and davening in its way, and krishma in its way, and b'chus in its way, and, and, and bircham in its way, and eating matz in its way. Every mitzvah throughout the year, and mezuzah in its way. Rabbi Isaac, the house was to Even after, we're never that way. The question is in our perception if we're that way. In physicality, you could tear off a, a fruit. In, in spirituality, you can't separate your electricity from the source. Try Take the plug and say, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I don't need electricity. I have my own. What happens? Try it. <laughs> the iPhone tells the electricity, I'm independent. Steve Jobs made me. I don't need you. Okay. Unplug the phone. It'll be alive for 10 hours, six hours, five hours. You'll still, you'll live. In the human example, you'll be able to live. You know, you'll function, but there's no, you it's not real life a much better way of living is, not a re- real way of living is, I am a manifestation of the electricity in this world in a unique way because the vacuum cleaner doesn't manifest electricity like the refrigerator and the laptop doesn't do it like the air conditioner. Right? It's all, And it has a different way, but it's all electricity. So we're all one, but we're all separate. That's the beauty of it. That includes, by the way, everybody in the shir, also, not just the big world. <laughs> Marshall, me and him are one. Believe it or not. <laughs> huh? The believe bottom believes it. The bottom believes it. Believe it. Not believe it. You feel aligned? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He feels aligned. If you don't feel aligned, the bottom can take care of it. <laughs> Very good. What does a chiropractor do? Alignment. It's all alignment. Life energy. Letting, life energy. Letting it go through. All illness is what? The chios is interrupted. Imagine the body says, I don't need, I'm on my own, yeah? The foot says, the back says, I don't need, I don't need it all to come. Who are you? I have my own. It's not. It's not because we don't like your ego. It's because you're not an ego. You're part of oneness. You're not an ego. It's not like we want to crush the ego. We don't want to crush the ego. We want to save, we want to, we want the ego to be real. It's not like we care if you have your own life. You don't have your own life. You're much bigger than your own life. That's the point. The ego makes you small, not big. It takes a huge life and it turns you into a little life which doesn't even exist. Why would we want to do that? It's not that we, 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 God is afraid of egos. And that's what the Nachash did. What was the Nachash's brilliance? The brilliance of the snake is the snake didn't tell Chava, you know, uh God is this evil guy and he doesn't know what he's doing. No, the snake said one thing. It was brilliant. How did the snake convince Chava to eat from the Eitz One ex- one example, one one line, and this was the the brilliance of the Nachash. The pasuk says the Nachash came to Chava. The Nachash didn't say, "Who is God? Don't listen to him." Why, I don't, we don't believe in him. We're atheists. <laughs> I think Dawkins has a book. God is not great. The God delusion. It's not true. It's Tom fantasius. No, he was much smarter, much much smarter. His lotion is. His Russian is. God knows that the day that you eat it, you're gonna be like him. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't want competition. You blame him. I understand God. Ich bin the Melech. Yeah? I own everything. Suddenly, yeah? I'm going to give you the key. And now you're going to... Why? Why would God... I understand God, actually. But it's not your problem. (laughs) God has his own issues. Remember, God didn't have a mother to tell him that she loves him. He didn't have a father to nurture him. Of course he has issues. He has his own trauma. And he's afraid of competition. That's it. He knows this tree... You eat, and you become a wee, you become brilliant, and now suddenly he has to deal with nudniks like you. If you remain dumb and stupid, that's what he says. Oh, very good. What was the issue here? The Nachash did one thing. You see what he did? He put God against you. God has his insecurities, you have your insecurities. Now, as every therapist will tell you, stop being codependent. Stop protecting God. Let God go to therapy himself and you go to therapy and figure it out. What What did the Nachash do? The Nachash turned Hashem into its God versus me. God's electricity versus my electricity. So who is he now to tell me he's going to control me? No. He has his issues. It's not my problem. This was the serpent's issue. And we have that issue. Adaya maza. When people hear the word God, people have a hard time in my shiram at this point. They're so used to that the word God and Hashem is, right, somebody who's outside of you trying to control you. And they think that I'm not teaching Judaism. Because all they're saying is they're just propagating what the snake said. 5,000 years later, the same words like the snake. All I'm trying to do is help us heal from the snake. God is not outside of you trying to control you. You are God. God's will is you. Your will is Hashem's will. That's what it is. There's alignment. You're bigger than you ever imagined. Don't take your ego and take it away and become this little small thing that doesn't even exist. When you live with your ego, you're becoming the smallest person possible and something that doesn't even really exist. It's mamish like the leaf off the tree. I'm free, I'm free. Great, you're free. Six hours later, you're by the sewer. You ever saw those leaves at the sewer? It was a beautiful blue-red leaf on the tree, yeah? And now it's muddy, and everybody, all the carriages are on it, and it's about to fall into the sewage system, you ever see? And there's mud and piles of mud. And I I feel bad for that leaf, because I knew what the leaf was thinking. Free at last, free at last, out, I'm off. And that's what happens so often to people. A lot of youngsters, they leave their community. What are they looking for? They're looking to find themselves. They want to feel attached. But here's the danger. You detach from one thing that's driving you crazy. And what are you attaching yourself to? Are you attaching yourself to yourself? Or are you attaching yourself to things that are not bringing you any closer to yourself? They're just bringing you further. This doesn't mean you don't have pain in your community and you have to figure it out. I'm not here saying that every situation is rosy. But the point is, we all know that it's not right? But if a kid was, let's say, abused in a community, he can't feel attached there. How can I feel attached? I don't feel safe anymore. I feel shame and hate and say so I'm looking for myself. But where do you go to look for yourself? The worst thing is to go look for yourself in places that will promote your detachment. They will not attach you to anything. On the contrary, they will distract you from your detachment. Huh? Look at the Ah. Oh. <laughs> snake. If you ever dealt with a snake, they know a lot. Yeah. The Nakhash was very smart. This is what the Yetzirah. Yetzirah doesn't say Hashem is, is Hashem, Hashem, is, Hashem is not. He's here. He just has his issues. He got his issues. He shouldn't control you. The moment God became the controller, right? Ooh, you want to control me. Just how powerful the ego is because it... Was yeah, it detaches. It detaches you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He didn't even have an ego yet, yeah. but it was so strong. Yeah. Ego is easing God out. Okay. Between each and age and with a man truth and force, check that is, the embersome I heard explanation: Eitzadas, Eitzachaim, Emes and versus Good and Bad. Yeah, the Rambam says that. Emir Yes. That before the tree, it was Emes and Sheker, and then it became Toiv and Ra. It was objective became subjective. The Rambam says that before the Eitzadas, everything was either true or false. After that, it's Toiv Ra, which is subjective. Not any more true or false. Good or bad. It's the, it's the human experience. For example, you'll say it was a good meal. It was a bad meal. What's the definition of good? It doesn't necessarily mean good that it promoted life and health. It means I felt it was good. You'll say, was it a good speech or a bad speech? Say it was a good speech. What made it good? Was it true? Loved Africa. It was entertaining, let's say. I liked it. It wasn't necessarily... That wasn't the parameter of reality. If it feels good, it's good. My experience, what if it's not good? I don't know. <laughs> fine, but it's good. Emerson it. Sheker means is it true or not true? So Shekhar, for... Yeah, said so before there was Emerson Shecker. Uh, so, so if it's so... true, it's true. but mail it's good. Yeah. What makes it good is that it's true. Today good, you'll say a good politician, a good leader, a good writer, a good meal, a good speech, a good presenter. It's true? Maybe all sheker, but it's good. (laughs) In other words, it's geschmack. It's a delicious meal. It's for my taste buds. Maybe it killed you. Maybe it's not good for the animals. Maybe it's not good for the world. Who cares? It's good for me. What I think is good for me, it's not really good for me. You understand? Repetition said, um, Chimer and and, uh, Surah. Surah, yeah. Yeah, Chimer and Surah. Seems like, a lot of this stuff huh? seems like a lot of this stuff is connected. Yeah, of course. Well, it's all connected. That's <laughs> what we learned today. We learned today that it's all connected. This class is brought to you by theyeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at slash Donate.